Welcome back to the RCF podcast. I'm here today with Jay Ridenauer, who's the senior pastor of First Baptist Church of Sudbury, Massachusetts. Welcome, Jay. Thanks, Matt. It's good to be here. Jay, our topic today is how to choose a church. This is a question that that many college students may be wondering because uh, they look around and they see all kinds of churches on various street corners uh, around campus and around town. Why are all these churches here? What's so different about them? How do I choose one or does it matter? Sure. Yeah, that's a that's it's an important question. I remember when I was going to college, uh, my pastor sat me down and he's like, "Hey, do two things. Be in the word, find a local church." And so mm-hmm. when I went away, I had, to, I had to make those same kind of decisions. But it made me think about like if I about choosing a church, maybe think about the question uh, sort of go backwards a little bit like what is a church? What's important? So you would obviously look at the scriptures for that. So when we talk about the very earliest church, you look in Acts chapter 2, it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and prayers. So I jotted down a definition of a church out of my head. It's not anything official or maybe super profound, but but I put I wrote down it's a body of believers who gather together regularly to worship the Lord in word and deed in order to be sent out on the mission of the gospel, right? A body of believers who gather regularly to worship the Lord in word and deed in order to be sent out on mission of the gospel. So a church then has to be people who are professing Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. That would be the church. Mm-hmm. They would gather around the Word of God and most prominently the preached Word of God. There's other ways the Word of God comes out in a gathering, but the Word should be preached according to what the Scriptures t- teach us. That body should be practicing the Lord's Supper and baptism, according to my Reformation heritage, in which there are groups that gather that don't do that, weekly groups that gather. Maybe it's a smaller group, maybe it's something else, but it's not the church formally. Um, and that pe- and those people are, are going out, right? If, if it's a holy huddle that's not doing anything for the sake of the kingdom, then it also doesn't feel like the church. It doesn't seem like the church because of the commands of God to go and make disciples. Right. Yeah, so I mean, that's, if you're looking for a church, you should have a definition of what a church is so you know what it is that you're looking for. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's a good starting place. So so you should be looking for those things, right? And, th- and then the question is, if you find that, if you find multiples of those things in your community, then another question I think you should probably ask yourself is, why are you going to go to church? And I and I think, so the easy answer is, well, we've been commanded to, right? Like, you should be a part of the body and those sorts of things. Uh, he- Hebrews, uh, right? Don't don't forsake the gathering of the body, right? So you got to go to church. Yeah, Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. That's right. right. And so you're going to go to church to be obedient, but then, like, you know, how does it break down deeper? Like, what's that obedience producing? So it, I think the idea is that you need to think about what you're going to give in light of that local congregation and what you're going to get in that local congregation. That's actually a question that we ask all of our members who come into our church, we ask them multiple things, but but we say, hey, what, you know, what are you going to give? What are you going to receive? What are your expectations there? And make sure those sort of line up with the, with the scriptures, right? So you're not just a consumer, because a lot of times we think of the of the church just like anything else. It's this big buffet out there, uh, and I go through the buffet line looking for what I can get, uh, yeah, and, and just be a consumer of the church. But you're you're saying we should actually look for a place where we can give as well. Yeah, and it's not bad to think about what you're going to receive. I mean, the church ends in Revelation, and we're receiving all the glory the Lord has promised us, right? Like, we're, we're getting a something in that sense. And you should also be thinking about what you're going to get when you go. But if you but if you are not thinking about what it is you're going to contribute, what you're going to give, and what this body is giving to others, well, then that's, then that's a problem. Right. 
So you, I think when you think about what you're going to give, like you need to, in your mind's eye, you should be in, in your heart, you should be like, I'm going to give true worship to God. Go attending that service, not simply to have a social connection or have a business connection or to have a group of friends. You can do that anywhere. You're going on Sunday morning in order to worship God corporately in a way that you cannot worship God privately. You can definitely worship God privately, but Christianity is not exclusive to that. So that would be important. Um, You want to use your gifts to grow the body. So you are a Christian. The Holy Spirit has given you spiritual gifts. You need to at least have some idea of what those are in comparison to the Scriptures. And you need to use those gifts. The rest of the body needs you to use those gifts among them. And then you have time, money, and talents. You have... uh, Singing isn't a spiritual gift of the Holy Spirit, but if right. you're but if you're a good singer, you you should right. Uh, taking care of children is also not a spiritual gift, but every church needs somebody to watch some kids. Typically speaking, during child care, so are you willing to give in that way? So your worship to the Lord and your gifts to the body, and then like just the things of making a church go are things you should be ready to give. I'm not sure I thought about it that way when I went to college. Like I thought very specifically about college ministry or youth ministry, but I did not think about plugging into the larger body of my local church. It was very sort of J-O-centric when I went to college, and I would I would change that if I could, <laughs> for sure. And I think, yeah, that's where I think we're we're all kind of naturally bent that way. Yeah, yeah, and, and according to your station of life, if you're, if you're a senior adult, you want to know what that church is going to provide for you in that stage of your life. If you're a brand new parent, or if you're a young married, mm-hmm. or if you're a single— you're always like, well, how do I, how do, how do I fit into this? But it shouldn't be how my situation fits in. It's, it's how am I going to serve in this? Mm-hmm. And then when you think about receiving, it's not bad to think about your station of life. Like you have, if you're a father of four, you have to think about what your kids are getting when they go to church. That's not a bad thing to think about. But it's not the place that you start. So right. when you talk about what you get, you want to make sure you're getting true corporate worship in return, mm-hmm. right? If you're going to go to worship, then what has to be coming? through the preached word and through the music and through the prayers needs to be true worship. If you're if they're not leading you in true worship, you may not want to attend that church. Right. You should also think about the gifts of the rest of the body. This picture in Acts 2, right? They're gathering regularly for teaching and fellowship and prayers seem to be two aspects that are really communal. And you need to know if the rest of the body is actually authentically fellowshipping so that you're receiving the gifts of other individuals in the context of church, whether that's people who are gifted to teach in a Sunday school class, or whether that's a, a small group thing where relationships are happening and people are actually speaking into your life on a personal basis. And another thing that you should want to get is opportunities to go out on mission. You should have a church that is encouraging you and pushing you in a, in a holy way, in a good way. Is that body of believers encouraging you to go, even if it's out of your comfort zone? Because if not, then you have this tendency to be this holy huddle or to be like you're just getting what you're getting or you're just you're just comfortable or it's an enjoyable yeah. experience. Yeah, we enjoy the fellowship and we want to just gather together. But if those relationships aren't pushing us out on mission to go make disciples, then what good really is it? Yeah, everybody, Christian or non-Christian, wants to be known. That intimacy is desired in our souls. Yes. But yeah. the Christian heart... Wants others to be known because you're, you know, love Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Well, then you have a desire not only to be known, but you have a desire for other people to know the joy of being known first by Christ Himself. Like so, so now that's that's discipleship through the Word and prayer, 
but then it's also like it's just, it's in relationship to say, yeah, I mean, I I know your life, I know your, you know, I tell my people all the time, your business does not need to be known by everybody in the church, but you need to have somebody who knows your business. Mm-hmm. Those one or two people, that smaller group accountability kind of stuff, yeah. they need to know about your thought life and your marriage life and your your work life and your temptation life and your your forgiveness life. They need to know that stuff. And if, if you don't, then you're functioning in a local body. You're, you're, you're functioning in it. You're doing a something. But I don't think it's the connectedness that Christ desires for us to have in the earthbound local church. Back to the original question then, how do we choose a church? Right. So I'm at a college university and I've got 16 churches, you know, in, in my community, or maybe in New England, it's more like four churches, whatever. <laughs> Based on what we've said, there's some reasonable steps. The first thing is make sure that church is just doctrinally sound. Do they believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world and must be the personal Savior and Lord of the individual's life? Are they are they teaching that, preaching that, confessing that? And of course, my presumption is everybody's just searching churches by websites at these at this point mm-hmm. in time. Yeah, at least that's what I hear on the streets, even in my suburbia USA church, right? Yeah, but nobody like, wants to walk in completely blind, that's not right. knowing what this church believes or who they are and just walk in. That's right. So, so you can do a lot of good work before you ever darken the doors of a church just by simply like reading their statement faith or reading their covenant or listening to a sermon or two on two or three online there's that mm-hmm. kind of stuff yeah so do they believe the word are they preaching the word is it yeah. biblically sound yeah yeah so so if they believe it because a lot of people will say that jesus christ is savior and lord and the scriptures tell us that not everybody who says lord lord in the kingdom of heaven right so okay so the, okay the church the church is preaching christ Great. So then the next question is you're looking through all those things. It's like, are they convicted that the word of God is inerrant in what it is and authoritative for the church's life and each individual's life? And because they're convicted of that, then is the word being preached expositionally on a regular basis on which that local church is built around? Like, I think this is really, really important. Now, I don't want to get all crazy about, can you preach a topical sermon? Like, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> raging against the machine as far as, but, but I would say that if there's a steady, you know, if there's a steady diet where books of the Bible are being preached and the preachers are taking you through the text, whether it's specifically verse by verse, or if it's just the pericope of the passage and they're showing you the whole passage in its context, it's like that. Like they're doing that. That's the best way to reveal who Christ is and to teach us how to feed ourselves through the Word of God. I mean, it gives us the best picture. And they're connecting that passage to, you know, both contextually and broadly in the, you know, in the text. All those things are super helpful. There's clearly times for short series that are topical stuff. As a pastor, you're trying to lead a church through different things, so it's it's good to preach that stuff. But if it's the steady diet of that, then you're actually missing out on beautiful pieces of scripture. Sometimes that are really really important because you're sort of and I and I and I don't I'm not pointing my fingers at others. I'm talking about myself. Like if I don't anchor myself to the text, my tendency is to cherry pick the things that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Or I cherry pick the things that my people will be encouraged by. Right. So it's really important what the church believes uh, to make sure that they're doctrinally sound and and to make sure that that they are teaching and preaching the Word of God, that you're getting a steady diet of the Word. And, And we have to be really careful, I think, in choosing a church because there's a lot of churches that will use a little bit of Scripture 
and they they can be uh, using it to teach something completely uh, out of context. And so I love that that you talk about preaching a, a series through a book of the Bible. I, I remember one church that I went to one time that the pastor, he had a verse on the screen and he was talking about it, but I had my Bible open and I'm looking at it saying, that's taken completely out of context. Yeah. And, and so we have to be careful of that. Just because they're using a, a Bible verse or using scripture doesn't mean that it's a biblical church. So look for, are they preaching and teaching in the context of the scripture? Yeah, and as a college student, you don't want to become like a young Pharisee. Like you don't, you don't, you're not walking into a church to like to judge it, right? Like, like you know, like looking at the pastor in the eyeball, being like, okay, you know, do it the right way, or I'm out of here. Like that's a terrible heart, right? You wanna, you wanna, you, you wanna go. <laughs> you ex- don't just assume that people yeah. are going to do that. Yeah, but yeah. you, but you, but again, uh, in this day and age, you've probably heard a few sermons online. You can probably make some evaluations, but but you sh- probably should do it. We, I mean, we haven't mentioned it yet, right? But as you choose a church, do it really prayerfully. Mm. Lord, humble my heart to engage you in the context of this service so I can hear from you clearly. And Lord, you lead me rightly. Lord, you give me wisdom and discernment. Lord, and, and Lord, save me from a judgmental attitude. Let me just do it according to your word. You direct me to the right place where I'm supposed to be worshiping in the context of my college or university or my, my new town that I just moved to or whatever the case may be. Maybe maybe a couple more one-off things. It's just like, hey, I, I would probably try to choose a church that's closest to you, whether you know, it, you're know new to the college and university. That obviously meets these other criteria. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, it's not. These are, these are sort of secondary, right, yeah. in that sense. But I, I, would, I would look for, if, if you can be as, choose the church that is, preaching Christ crucified through his word that is closest to you, right? That way you can invite your friends. That way when you serve in the community, you're like, oh, my church is right here, those sorts of things. I, but I, I will say this too, when they move, when they get your first job and you move to Iowa, right? If, if you're able to, you might want to live in an apartment for the first six months and find your church. And then if you're going to buy a house, buy your house sort of in proximity. Mm-hmm. I know it's weird thinking to some, but it's not crazy thinking because you want to be able to be close to your church in that proximity that way. I, I think multi-generationalism helps if, 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 that's, if that's an option. Um, so most of what we're trying to boil it down to is, are they preaching the gospel? Are they preaching Christ? Are they preaching the scripture? And I think it's so contrary to uh, what we would normally choose on our own. We look for what is the most comfortable place, where do my my friends go. We kind of have that herd mentality sometimes. Sure, sure. And and we we go for uh, where is the music that I like. Yeah. And you haven't mentioned any of those things, and I I think that's important to recognize that those are all superficial. Yes, it's 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 great if you can go and and go to a church and worship and fellowship where your friends are going as well. But uh, you want to make sure it's the right church. Yeah, uh, and those things that you just described that you labeled superficial are thing are good gifts God gave us that we turn sinful by making them an undue priority and assuming a certain something. Mm-hmm. Friendship is absolutely important. Mm-hmm. My, you know, one of my best friends in this church is a seventy-seven-year-old single African-American man. If I go to a church to find somebody who looks like me, smells like me, doesn't mean I've missed out on a beautiful friendship. So a college student should definitely want to go to church to have good friends. The college student shouldn't assume that those good friends are the ones he's hanging out with on campus. Yes. You might go and meet a... I know a great dude who's in his late 60s right now. He was a doctor his whole life, but his entire career, he found one college student in his church 
a young man who wanted to, to, to be discipled, and he took him to breakfast every single Friday. There, there might be, over the course of his 20 years in that church, there's, there's probably 20-plus dudes who know Dr. Jenkins and call him friend because of his ministry in life, who if they just chosen a church because of their friends, they may never have had that before. Mm. And it's really, really important. Super important that way. So we, we take things that God tends to be good, and we turn them into superficialities because we're going to do it our way. Mm. And God wants you to have friends. God wants you to be in deep community. I mean, all, you know, all those things. But it may not be the community that you think. Yeah, yeah you're just not in charge of it. So when you, put, when you place yeah. the worship of Christ through His truth being preached and then sung, prayed, read, communion, baptism— then you'll discover richer friendships, deeper friendships than you can produce on your own. That's good. Well, I think we're out of time, Jay, but thank you so much for joining us. Uh, We're going to have you back on the podcast another time. I know we have many more things that we could talk about, (laughs) (laughs) but thank you for taking time to do this today, and I hope that it's helpful for you guys as college students to find a good, healthy, biblical church. Thank you, man. My, My privilege. Anytime. Thank you for listening to the RCF podcast. If you'd like more information about Rhodey Christian Fellowship, you can follow us on Instagram at Rhodey Fellowship. Or check out our website, rodeyfellowship.com.